South Hills Church is one church made up of many locations. The heart at each of our campuses is we want to be the perfect place for imperfect people and to lead unchurched people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. This weekend, we have the opportunity to celebrate a huge milestone. Three of our campuses who are celebrating birthdays. Our Riverside Espanol campus is celebrating three years today. Pastor Ozzy and Anna decided that they wanted to translate what South Hills was doing into Spanish and bless the Spanish community and see God transform to the Hispanic community and sure enough lives have been changed hearts have been transformed and the Spanish community is benefiting from what God does through our South Hills campuses in their language our South County campus is also celebrating three whole years as a campus today we sat inside of a small senior center community and Pastor James and the community started to dream and soon our South County campus will be moving into a permanent location where they get to build a community and ultimately continue to expand through the South County community. We're so excited for what God is going to continue to do through them. And last but not least, our Costa Mesa campus is celebrating their fifth birthday today. Five years ago, we met as a little community inside of a cafeteria at a middle school. And as South Hills Costa Mesa continued to serve the community, sure enough, God has continued to move it and grow it in bigger, greater ways. And then now they're in a permanent location where they get to serve, extend a helping hand, and watch God transform lives in great ways. So let's all celebrate these huge milestones with our campuses that are doing an amazing job. Amen, amen, and so we wish our fellow campuses a happy birthday as they celebrate today. That's an accomplishment, a huge, huge accomplishment, especially in a time and age where churches are closing, and uh, so to be able to celebrate three years and five years is absolutely uh, awesome, awesome. Uh, Today, we are wrapping up our uh, series, You've Got a Friend in Me. And uh, uh, I'm going to try to do my best here to kind of plow through this and, and give you some incredible nuggets of information here. We have been talking about friendships over these last uh, few weeks and the importance and the value of having them. We hit, uh, we've hit, we hit on the loneliness epidemic. We've talked about uh, forgiving our friends. We've talked about making time for friendships. And today we're going to be talking about how to make great friends. Some of you have so-and-so friends. <laughs> We're going to be today talking about how to make great friends. Now, let me ask you this. Well, have you ever, you ever bought, um, bought something that needed to be built, and when you looked inside the box, it came with foreign instructions? In other words, the instructions were not in a language that you can read and understand, and all you had to go by was the picture. Have I had that? And 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 you start building it, and you're looking at the picture, and you're building it, and you turn the box upside down, the paper, and you're like, mm, man, you start building it, and once you are done, you you look at it, and you're like, like somehow. This does not look like, or this does not look like that. And then if you're a man and your wife happens to pass by, and she says, why are there extra pieces? And you're like, what extra pieces? Why are there extra pieces? I, it, it, it's, it's um, <laughs> to me, that's the worst thing ever. Not that your wife comes around asking for extra pieces, why the extra pieces, but the fact that you spent time and energy doing something and it did not look like the way it should have 
right? Um, I think we've, it's happened to, to many of us before. I think this is the struggle that many of us have with friendships today. Maybe we saw something that, that looked like what we would want in a friendship, whether it was in a movie, in someone else's life, or maybe even a past friendship that we happened to stumbled on blindly into. But we can't quite grasp or figure out how to get there in this relationship. Our attempts come out leaving, uh, leaving us a little, leaving a little bit desired for. Like we want more of it. We we know what we envision this friendship to be like, but for some reason, it's not there. It's not happening. Truth is, we all desire to have that obvious connection, something that something like that moment. Anybody, anybody here are stepbrother uh, fans? Right, so you ever seen that movie Step Brothers, right? Where Will Farrell and, and, and John, the characters stay say in union, right? Did we just become best friends? Right? I was gonna get a clip and a picture of it, but I didn't have the time for it. But it's just that epic moment where they come to that realization at the moment. Did we just become best friends? And I think deep down inside, if we're honest, we all kind of are longing, desiring for that type of relationship. And while we can sometimes, and while that can, excuse me, while that can sometimes happen, truth is, it's not the norm. Pastor and author uh, Dick Foth said that over his many years of studying and learning and observing, he has learned that relationships are built Three ways, through natural chemistry, over time, and under pressure. I mentioned last week that a recent study out of the University of Kansas found that it takes about 50 hours of socializing, 50 hours of kind of hanging out, doing life together, to go from acquaintance to a casual friend and an additional 40 hours to become a real friend, and about a total of 200 hours to become a close friend. And that's a lot of investment, right? That's a lot of investment. I remember telling my girls when they were younger, because they was like, my best friend this, my best friend that, and this is my best friend, and that's my best friend. I was like, that's a lot of best friends you have. So now they have to, you got to start adding little Fs to it. BFF, BFFF, BFFFFFF, right? Because we all want people to be our best friends, but in actuality, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes intentionality to want to develop these relationships. In other words, there is not a fast lane to finding friends. There is no microwavable option for deep connection, and there aren't any quick fixes for loneliness. That's the reality of it. This obviously isn't what we all want to hear, but technology has trained us to place a high value on efficiency over patience. Wi-Fi and DoorDash and everything in between has taught us that we don't have to wait for things we want. But church, listen, the honest truth is meaningful friendships are never efficient. Meaningful friendships are not something you press a button and it comes out. 
already prepped and made for you. Busyness is another challenge to relationships. We seem to be busier than ever before, but deep friendships are developed over time. Deep friendships are developed over time, but many of us are too busy to make the time. And past hurts, past hurts from previous relationships are another significant obstacle that stands in our way from cultivating depth in our friendships. We've been hurt. We've been disappointed. We've put up walls to ensure that it won't happen again to us. But while these walls can help us stay safe, they also assure us that it will keep people out. I think an important question to ask ourselves this morning is, do you know what it takes to be a good friend? Do you know what it takes to be a good friend? As you look at your past and current friendships, how aware are you, right? How aware are you of the strengths and the weaknesses that you bring to the relationship? Because many times we judge others by, by what they bring to the relationships. But the question is, how are you aware of what you bring or do not bring to the relationship? Ephesians chapter 4 verses 2 to 3 describes a few components of deep relationships. Paul writes in verse, starting with verse 2, always, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Let me ask you this. Does that describe you? Does that describe you as a friend? Are you the kind of friend that somebody will want to have? Are you the kind of friend that somebody is looking for because it's not going to help you, right? It's not going to help you to cross your fingers and hope to magically find a friend if you don't know exactly how to be a healthy friend in the first place. There's a guaranteed way to experience frustration, disappointment, and pain, as well as causing the same for others. If we don't know what it takes to be a good friend, then we're going to bring about frustration, pain, hurt, disappointment to the people that we're trying to befriend. Listen, don't wait until a friend comes along for you to start acting like a good friend. Build those character traits into the way that you carry yourself now. Start building the things that are necessary for you to be a good friend. Humility, gentleness, patience, imparting peace, right? 
You can embody those things without having a deep friendship, but you cannot have a deep friendship without those things. You cannot call yourself a BFF if you are not bringing humility, gentleness, patience, and imparting peace into the relationship. As we say in our discipleship groups, all the things that you desire to get from others, you were designed, you were created to give to others. All of the things that you want your friends to be, all of the things that you say, man, I, I wish I had a friend that did A, B, C, and D. You too were designed to be A, B, C, and D to someone else. So start leaning into those things now. Start building the friend that you want to be. Check this out. The best way to make great friends or to deepen current friendships is to be the kind of friend that you want to have. Be the kind of friend that you want to have. Don't be the friend that says, hey, I'll meet you later. And then get mad that you friend didn't you you didn't meet your friend later because he was like ah, I don't know if he's gonna meet me he doesn't come doesn't show up he says he wants to be he says he's gonna be there but he never shows up right be the friend that you want to have making get great friends is so much more than just discovering a common hobby or or having familiar goals in life in fact many of those surface things that we assume help us in our friendships don't actually play much part much of a part at all but there are four things that make great friends number 1 <laughs> this is this is it, it, it's it's hard because a lot of us a lot of us struggle with being this with being constant in the life of people right we struggle with that right we talk a good game we talk that we're going to be there right that we're going to be a constant figure in someone's life but we don't actually do that because we get caught up in life. Proverbs 17, 7 says, A true friend loves regardless of the situation, and a real brother exists to share the tough times. What does that mean? It means that we must be there present. We must be there present at all kinds of times, in the good times and the bad times, and even the boring times. You can't be a good friend without availability, without being available to that person. You can't be a good friend without consistency. You cannot be a good friend without initiation. You intentionally pursuing others so that they feel valued and cared for. You have to be there. You have to show yourself present. You have to be a constant friend at all times. Then there's carefulness. Another way to think of carefulness is being full of care. 
It's important to be sensitive to the inner topography the, the, uh, of your friend's life, aware of the extent of their experiences, aware of what they're going through, aware about the struggles, aware about the hurts, aware about the joys, aware about the, the things that they're going through right now in their life. Romans 12, 10 says, live in true devotion to one another, loving each other as brothers and sisters and brothers. Be first to honor others by putting them first. Romans 12, 15 says, if some have cause to celebrate, join in the celebration. And if others are weeping, then join them in that as well. In other words, be devoted to one another. Right? Be devoted to one another. Laugh with, uh, with your happy friends. But also be mindful and considerate when they are down. Walk with them in the journey of life. If, if you can be happy, excuse me, if I can be happy when you're sad, then I'm not your friend. A true friend shows up for the other person and responds to their needs, giving the gift of emotional connection. If you hurt, I hurt. If you're happy, I'm happy. Then this candor, right? A friend is a truth teller. Right? A truth teller. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds inflicted by the correction of a friend prove to be faithful. The abundant kisses of an enemy shows his lies. <laughs> In other words, wounds. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Sometimes the words your friends need to hear are going to be difficult. Don't try to paint it a different way. Don't try to butter it up. Don't try to make it happy if it's not intended to be happy. It's your role to help them hear this. Keeping the truth from them out of love isn't really love at all. You're just trying to protect yourself. You don't want to feel the hurt. Candor is, isn't the freedom to be a jerk. It's the responsibility of a friend to be truthful. John chapter 1, 14 says, the one true son of the father evidenced in the perfect balance of grace and truth. Grace and truth. It's truth and grace, not one or the other. Cannot just be all grace and walking and dancing around the truth. Sometimes people need to hear the truth. Last one here is counsel. A friend is someone who is transparent with you and you are with them. It cannot be one-sided. Counsel from a friend is sometimes reassuring and sometimes it's challenging. A friend is someone who demonstrates the balance of both encouragement and rebuke. Proverbs 27, 17 says, in the same way that iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens the character of his friend. A person sharpens the character 
of his friend. I think that's super important for us to know because some of our friends sharpening us at all. In fact, some of our friends are making us dull. I knew there would be a hush in the car with that one. So let me wrap it up this morning. In this one week, in this, excuse me, in, in week one of our series, I challenged you to take an inventory of the type of relationships that you have, right? We talked about the utility friendships, the friendships that are based on what you can do for me. We talked about the other type of friendship, which is the entertainment friendship. The friendships that are only there because they make you laugh and and that's it. They're there to entertain you. They're there to kind of just be there for a short period of time. But when you are going through some stuff, they may not be the person that you want to share the stuff that you're going through. And then there's the virtue friendship. The one where nothing is exchanged, nothing is required from that other person. You genuinely like being in the presence of that person. It's not, hey, can you do this for me? And I'll do this for you. And that's what links you together. It's not, hey, let's go hang out and watch the game. And then you say bye. You don't see that person until the next time your teams are playing. Your virtue friendship is something that will stand the test of time someone that you can depend on, trust in, support and encourage one another, pray with, talk about the ups, the downs, and the crazies of life. I said that it was helpful. We needed to kind of evaluate our friendships. And some of you did. Some of you went back and you started to kind of Put people be like, oh, I thought this person was this, but in actuality, this is the group that they belong to. And some of you mentioned to me, man, that was helpful, Pastor. I needed, I needed to understand that because there are relationships where I thought they were one thing, but in actuality, they were not. I, too, got a lot of wisdom and insight from that. And I think it's important for us to see where we may need to pay attention or show some intentionality in cultivating deeper relationships. Today, I want you to take inventory of who you are as a friend. Who you are as a friend. On a scale of what 1 to 10, how would you rate yourself in these four categories? What kind of grade would you give yourself when it comes to these four keys of being a good friend? And so, church, I want you to identify one or two areas in which you need to be better and do better in. And I want you to start today. No need to wait till tomorrow or next week, but start today. Start today 
right? When you get a, a progress report, your teacher, when, when you as a parent, you, your kids get it, or when you were a kid, you got it from a teacher. Your progress report wasn't for, hey, two months from now, start working on this. No, this is today. Analyze where you are today as a friend and determine what you need to do to be better and do better in your friendships. Start today by being the kind of friend that you want to be. Be the friend that you want to be. Because I think that when we start that, when we start being and doing the things that, that will put us in a position to be a better friend, I think we're going to see a whole change, a whole lot of change take place in our friendships. Amen? We're going to pray in just a second here, but I also want to encourage you that next week we are kicking off a brand new series, the yellow cards on your chairs, and that's how to be happy. We're coming, we're kind of coming out of the season of being all of the craziness of life. And a lot of people are just finding it very difficult to be happy. And we're going to be talking about this um, over the next four weeks in March. We're going to be talking about things like, is it really all in your head, your happiness or lack thereof? Am I trying to feel better by making things worse? Am I lowering the bar of likability and maintenance and monotony? Some incredible things are going to be shared next week. And so I want to encourage you to invite friends to come out and be a part of that. Take this, use it as an invite, put it on your fridge, at your desk, strike conversations about it. Because I know there are many of you that have people that are wanting to know how to be happy.